just lean into it. Just at this point, just lean into it. You're gonna get you're, you're fired anyway. You're a bad influence on me. I am a a a pure-hearted, you sent me wonderful that. human being. You sent being. me the meme. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Fist Bump Boys are back. As always, my name is Josh. I'm Gio. And we are the Fist Bump Boys. We're back for episode 43. 43. You know what? 43. We're getting up there even more. We We are indeed getting up there. We're back. We're here. Got a bunch of stuff to get into. We're going to start with an uncomfortable subject. Uh, yeah. Uh, for a lot of people, myself included, but not. Wait, that that may have come out wrong. It may not have been <laughs> the context with which I wanted to leave this. Uh, the story we're going to start with is the the wacky story in Major League Baseball of Jared Porter. Who is Jared, Jared Porter? You Your ask? boy. He's he, well. Um, no, he is. He is not my boy. No, um, not he anymore. Was for <laughs> a short period of time. All the of twenty-seven manager. days or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, the general manager of the New York Mets. Now the former general manager of the New York Mets. Um, hey, he lasted longer than Beltran, didn't he? I I don't I don't know, but Beltran wasn't the general manager. I'm saying as far so, as being with the Mets, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a uh, rough go for Mets new hires in recent memory. Um, quick recap of the story: Our boy Jared, I uh, when he was with the Cubs back in 2016, yeah, yeah. Uh, proceeded to send, um. A handful, uh, a bunch, uh, a gaggle, if you will, of uh, unsolicited and unwanted text messages to a female reporter to include multiple pictures, at least one of which was of his naked genitalia. Well, hold on. If you if you read the story completely, he says it was not his. It was A. It was stock hey. photos, which, by the way, <laughs> who keeps stock photos of that around? Just asking. I, I'm he should have leaned into it like Brett Favre. He should have just leaned into it like Brett Favre. So the report came out from uh, Mina Kimes and Jeff Passan about this incident that happened back in 2016. I think the count was over 60 total messages, most of which went unanswered after a certain period of time. She stopped responding at all, and they yeah, got well, more and more brazen. If I heard the story right, she was a foreign correspondent that, that came, came over, over to cover baseball. To cover yeah. baseball. Met yeah. her in the clubhouse back when he was with the Cubs. I want to say scouting director. He wasn't even an EVP or anything like that at the time. Or, or yeah. assistant GM, um, you know, started a conversation with her strictly about baseball. Started progressively getting more and more. Uh, I'm trying to think For- of the p- proper term there. Uh, inappropriate. Well, well, inappropriate. Right. Fine. Fair enough. Um, and then he sent her a picture of his pants with a bulge in it. Apparently, she sent him yep. a message that's inappropriate. Please stop contacting me. And he didn't. 
Nope, he didn't. They got progressively worse, and he was the director of professional scouting. Scouting director. Yeah. Okay. So I think I have that correct. Yep. Um, and she saved everything, and he got into a position of power, and she dropped the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I, according to the report, there there were a total of seventeen pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen of the pictures were of the hotel he was trying to get her to come to, yep, yep. Uh, and the and its restaurants. Sixteenth was the the repeat photo of a bulge in the pants, and then the seventeenth was uh, sans pants. Again, we're not confirming which or claiming to be stopped. Which is, I'm is. sorry, that just lean into it. Just at this point, just lean into it. You're gonna get you're, you're fired anyway. You're the never gonna get is, another job like this again. The quote is quote the more explicit ones are not of me. Those are like kind of like joke stock images. End quote. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Steve Cohen and Sandy Olsen immediately let him go. Um, I remember, and it's another quote that I read, but I remember reading when he got hired that he wanted to make sure that the team hired high character, high mm -hmm. roles of players to bring into this organization. And the first one to screw all that up is him. Um, You're a Mets fan. What are your thoughts? I am a Mets fan. Um, a lot of people are saying this about as Mets as it gets. I mean, I uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I am I am always one to give the benefit of the doubt, and I I believe in second chances, and I think people can change, and all of that. But this is clearly a situation for a a, a few different reasons why there was. You can't even talk about whether firing him was the right or wrong choice because mm-hmm. there was no choice in this particular yeah, matter. No, no, they they did they, they made the right decision because it was the it was only the only decision. Yeah. It, it's it's it was a no brainer, and I actually took the time to watch the uh, Zoom press conference that uh, Sandy had the the following day. And the reporters, you know, they dug in and they asked him a lot of questions, and he said. That he, uh, when he got on the phone with new Mets owner Steve Cohen, uh, it was a very short conversation because they were both in agreement. It was it was a no no brainer what they had to do, but Steve Cohen has come on and and made it very clear that this that he's trying to change the culture of the Mets. Not that the Mets are known to have a culture of inappropriate behavior or well, whatever the case may be. Not since the eighties, uh, but. He, he wanted uh, a culture of inclusion, safe working environment, positive, all the, the right things. Mm-hmm. And when something like this comes up, regardless of it happening almost five years ago with a different organization, the, the key to remember is that there's no guarantee now. Like, you're at risk that this is going to happen again. And you have a number of women that work for and around the New York Mets, and in theory, at the very least in theory, but in reality, not a single one of them is going to be able to be comfortable 
knowing that this won't happen to them yeah. and it's yeah. always going to be in the shadows so they had no choice they made a statement they stuck with it and and i fully support it um one thing i noticed during that press conference that i mentioned before is there were a lot of questions from the reporters specifically talking about his references and the people that they spoke to during the interview process because sandy came right out and said every single person that they spoke to had nothing but glowing recommendations and not a bad word to say about him yeah if i'm one of his biggest like supporters was theo epstein who yeah I mean, if you follow baseball he's theo epstein is one pretty of the respected biggest biggest most respected gms in a long time yeah no i uh I, I and I and I noted that and I said that's that's weird that no bad nobody had anything bad to say about. I wear the skeletons, like so. Well, well, it's just if if nobody ha where what what happened? Like how is this? Possible? Oh, you're talking and about yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. If they had nothing bad to say about him, where was the story? This and. A, a female reporter, I, and I'm blanking on her name, and, and I wasn't paying attention to the names of everybody that was speaking, but she asked a very pointed question of, were any of the people that you spoke to when you were interviewing uh, Jared Porter, were any of them female? And, and a little bit of a hush came over the call, and Sandy went, No! None of them were, and that is a state of the fact that, and for better, you know, whatever the reason, there aren't any women at that level. Well, and that's what I was about to say is like the higher levels of baseball management, and and when I say higher levels, I mean I'm talking coaching up because you don't yeah. even see a coach like it's it's a boys' club, it's it's a men's club. There there yeah. are not women. I know that we've recently had a female take over as the Red Sox, uh, sure. one of their sure, but, affiliates and stuff like that. But when you're talking major league baseball, and and for not for nothing, all the major sports really, they're starting yeah. to make their way in there now, and that's great. There's coaches in the NFL, there's coaches in in NBA, mm -hmm. and and that's great. But at that level of the of the profession. There aren't yeah. any. I mean, it, it, and I, I could be wrong here, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. But the last time I could even imagine a female who was at, at a higher level in baseball was March Shot, uh, the owner yeah, of the Reds, years ago. I can't think of a single one outside of, of March Shot who's ever been yeah. at that high of a level. Well, and that was the point that Sandy made when he said there, there just aren't any here. And the reporter immediately responded with, maybe that's something to consider. And it's a very good point. It's a very, very good it point that, that there aren't any there. And that's a, and that could lead to a problem. Well, and, and if you look at who the GMs are, like most GMs, in, in fact, I can't think of one who has most GMs in, in baseball weren't base like professional baseball players they're businessmen they're, they're financiers executives. Yeah. they're executives they're... so there's no reason why they can't take a female and, and and put her at that position now and it's gonna happen it's, it's gonna going happen to eventually happen. but i think it, to be honest i think this situation might actually push that a little Speed closer up a little yeah. oh yeah absolutely well, to, to talk about a different sport, you know, the NFL just announced that they will have the first female referee in yep, the Super Sarah Bowl. Sarah Thomas. Yep, Sarah yeah. Thomas. Yep. So, 
and and, and the good thing about her and, and and i heard this spoke on the radio and i just want to repeat what they said yeah that was not based on the fact that she was a female it was based no. strictly on merit they grade yes. these referees on their calls and they take the the best of the best and put them in that position and she was one of the best of the best yeah no th- with with super bowl referees they that is a that is a a high honor to be it is, given that it's they their all-star they, game yeah exactly Ex- that's exactly a great way of putting it and and she has earned it and and honestly i've i've seen a number of games where she's been in there and i've had i've never i i've never even seen a bad call made by her and 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 that's great that's a different subject but it's just an example of women are working their way into predominantly male uh driven sports professions whether it's referee coaching we're, we're seeing it all no, like, like katie sowers formerly of the 49ers the, the assistant yep. coach the female yep. i guess she's moving on to bigger and better things good for her um i mean you're starting to see the integration now of females into professional sports i i'm not 100 percent sure that we're going to see females playing these professional sports against men it's it's just it's not realistic i yeah. mean we saw well, we saw the kicker in college but it, it's a different it's just a different yeah. world and that's but, and that's not saying that they don't deserve to play it's it's a physicality yeah. standpoint but as far as executives coaches managers there's no reason there's no reason not to do. So yes, I, I'm all for it. If they're qualified and they are capable of performing the duties of the job, bring them in. Yeah. I am a strong proponent in any in any uh, employment in any field. If you can do the job, come on in. I don't yep. care. Like it doesn't matter to me. I and that's mm-hmm. always been. And this is from a family entirely of women plus me. I, I, I'm. I mean. I am for so entirely and, of women. <sighs> feel like everybody saw that joke coming i mean like yeah, everybody I, did look, they could, probably all said it along with you if I, we're being I, honest I, look i couldn't not swing at that pitch bringing uh, bringing it back to the mets just to wrap the story up it's a terrible thing he did the mets made the right call and what i thought was interesting as well they're not filling the position before the year yeah they're going to ride it out without an official gm there's going to be a mixture and and i have not seen the announcement from the meds of exactly what they're going to do he said they're still having internal conversations since it all happened really quickly but they're going to have some combination the assistant gm doing some of the duties sandy's going to come down and do some of the duties and they're going to just kind of work well last time when he was the gm right uh different owner different <laughs> set of owner i am fine i like sandy in the first time and i think he's already doing a fine job no he is this he is. time around he absolutely is moving on to the national football league we had some uh news this morning of a one philip rivers retiring from the nfl after 17 seasons yeah uh, 16 of which were with the San Diego Slash. No, they Los weren't Slash yet. He played in Los Angeles. Did did they move? He oh, did. Yeah, they moved last he year. Did. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. You're right. And he You're commuted, right. by the way. He commuted from yep, San Diego yep, yep. up to LA. So, which 16 years with, with the... 20,000 kids. <laughs> Can you imagine the size of that minivan? And one year with the Indianapolis Colts. 
He has announced his retirement. Um, closes the book on on a uh, interesting career, mm-hmm. and uh, for me as as a fan, just to you know, what I always go to is my New York Giants actually drafted. Philip Rivers yep. back in 2004 and on a draft day trade traded him for Eli Manning who refused to play for the Chargers who drafted him and we swapped him. Um, 17 years, uh, a ton of stats, a ton of... Well, it, so, so without looking at the postseason stats, which are insane to think about by itself, 17 years, only six playoff appearances. I, I uh-huh. can't fathom that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Statistically, he was the sixth best quarterback of all time. He is sixth plus most. I'm, I'm not saying skill wise. I'm not trying to put him on that level. But statistically, if you look simply at statistics, well, let's let's take a look. I, I have a couple of high levels. He has. 5,277 completed passes, which is fifth all time. Yep. He has a 95.2 passer rating, which is 12th all time. 421 passing touchdowns, fifth all time. 63,440 yards, fifth all time. He was the 2013 Comeback Player of the Year, eight time Pro Bowler, and had 12 4,000 yard seasons. That's what I got for a quick yeah. rundown of some stats. Yeah, so statistically, if you look at it, like, obviously you put the big three ahead of Manning, Breeze, Brady. He's behind So, hold on. I don't even want to rank him all time. No, no, I'm not ranking him all time. time. What I'm saying is if you look simply at the stats, like, the ones that he's behind are the ones who who you would think immediately, oh, he's got to be behind these guys. He's got all-timers. Yeah. So then the question is asked. The question is asked. I'm going to ask it. You knew it was coming. I knew it was Mm -hmm. coming. We all knew it was coming. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes, but he won't get first ballot. He might Why? not make second ballot. He doesn't have a ring. Why? Quarterbacks it's... need a ring. I mean, that's so. The most so important. you're you're answering a different question. Not why is he not first ballot? Why is he in the Hall of Fame? Oh, because I mean, the names that he had to go up against in this era are. Mm-hmm. The most all time of all time. Like, regardless of what anybody wants, to look, I love Montana. You know that he's my favorite player of all time. Hey, I, you don't talk about him that much. A little, so little, little bit. I just guessed. But Rivers beats him in every single stat almost. Mm hmm. You know, the ones that he's behind are Breeze, Brady, Manning, Favre. Yeah. I think, I think Marino's one of them. Yeah. Those, those are the, statistically those are the the standards. Like, and the only they're the only ones he was behind. The problem okay. is with his career that 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 makes it people on the fence as far as Hall of Famer is that Super Bowl. He never even made a Super Bowl. Yep, I believe so, five playoff wins. Yeah, he's only had six appearances. One, one time he went to the yeah. championship game. I yep. uh, had, and that's when he tore his all-time great running back in his prime, mm-hmm. an all-time great tight end in his prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he. So I I make the same argument for Philip Rivers not being in the Hall of Fame as I make for Eli Manning 
being in the Hall of Fame. This is two points. Well, there's two points. One, it's easy. Eli's got two Super Bowls. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs. Philip Rivers has none. The second argument, and I love this argument personally, and 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 I use it all the time when I talk about Eli. I consider the Hall of Fame to be an encyclopedia that tells the story of the sport of football. You cannot tell the story of the sport of football without mentioning the name Eli Manning. You can very, very easily tell the sport of football without saying the name Philip Rivers. At no time, yeah. at no time in his career was Philip Rivers, and these are the things that you need when you don't have any rings. If you have rings, you're in. You're in yeah. for, for the most part. If you don't have rings, at some point in your career, you have to be considered the best or close to the best in the league. And he never was. He never was. He was never the best. I don't think he was ever the second best. I don't know that he was ever the fifth best. You can make the argument, but he wasn't one or two. And I feel like without rings, you have to be. So then, so he make it? He probably will. So then let me ask you a question then. If we're going to go off that, all right, based on that alone, I'm going to go to a different position, but it's the, the same scenario. It, it, you can't you can't make the argument for a different position. Yes, quarterbacks I can. are I absolutely different. Can. No, I absolutely quarterbacks have can. a different standard. No, the reason that the standard changes when we're talking about now is because we're dealing with we we've literally through our our adult life since we've been eight, 18, we'll say the best quarterback play in the history of the, the league. Best quarterback play ever. It is yeah. from one to. Five, you could essentially say, could come from this era. But what I'm saying is, for different positions, Super Bowls have no, no, very okay. little to do but, with it. But it's not just Super Bowls. Not just Super Bowls. We're saying it's not only do you not have Super Bowl, you've never been considered the best at your position. You never broke. I make that argument. But you so can make give me give me your scenario, and I'll see if it applies. Wide receivers of the '80s and '90s. What about them? Does Tim Brown belong in the Hall of Fame? Does Andre Reid belong in the Hall of Fame? I so, mean, the, and there, there lies a difference because every team, generally speaking, has one quarterback. Every team has two, three, four but wide even receivers. If you look at the, it's different. The problem is for wide receivers because there's so many of them, and the ball is spread out amongst all of them. You have to be in the top. 10 of the league to be considered upper echelon elite, if you will. Quarterback, there's one per team. So you need to be the top two, three to be elite. See, that doesn't work. That's where the the line is different for wide receivers. That doesn't work at all. The the math doesn't work. If the only okay, a number two wide receiver is not gonna make the whole I'm using loose numbers. I'm 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 using loose numbers. What I'm saying is just based off of the vast number of wide receivers in the league, but you, you don't need to be the top one or two to be a Hall of Famer. But like you I don't said, the, the math doesn't work because You're you have to, okay, you have to be a number one, yes, to be a Hall People of Famer. Are losing their minds because we're no longer talking about Philip Rivers. No, because this we need to bring it to back Phillip to Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, look, when, when Philip Rivers plays, yes, he was not one of the top three quarterbacks. He wasn't. I'm going to go with you on that. Ever, but he was still good enough 
to make the Hall of Fame. Not first ballot, not second ballot, maybe not third ballot. But I could see him getting in fourth, fifth well, ballot. I, with, with what ballot... What ballot he gets in will, det- will be determined, much like we've said with other players, who else is on that ballot. If Drew Brees also retires, which we're oh, no. hearing he he's will, actually, yeah. Yeah, he's then Philip Rivers is done. Right, but that's my point. It, if, it, Tom Brady, if, if Tom Brady retires next year, Philip Rivers gets put. Like it, It's just the way that works out. I think the conversation is not what ballot he'll make it. It's whether he will or won't. I think he will. I think he will simply because he is he has amassed the statistics to your point. I don't think he should. He is not a Hall of Famer in my book. He didn't accomplish anything. That's true. That you need to accomplish as a quarterback to be considered one of the all-time greats. But to say that is a it's not true. Dan Fouts made the Hall of Fame. He was 17 the best years. He never won a Hall of Fame. Or, or 17 years in the best quarterback era of all time. You're going to pass all of those other quarterbacks on the statistical category list. It's just going to happen. There are names on that list from this from this year, from this era, that we don't even think are even that good. It's just naturally going to happen because we throw so much more. That's true. No, that's so true. I, don't, true. I don't put as much weight in him being fifth all-time, fourth all-time, whatever it is on some of these lists, which is great. Congratulations. I actually enjoy Phillip Rivers. I do. Best trash talker in football. You, uh, he's definitely on the list. I actually really liked Andrew Luck because he attaboyed you to death. Yeah, I loved yeah, when he yeah. did that. But but yes, as far as angry trash talking, it didn't he didn't get topped by Philip Rivers. All I'm saying is the the weight of those statistics is less given that everybody passes like crazy for the past 20 years. It's just an action. And as you said, we're in the best quarterback uh, era of all time, and he's not top five. He's not top no, five in that's his true. era, that's which means true. he's not top five I, all okay. the time. So the way that I'm looking at it is if you just look at his draft class, which we we talk about in length, the Eli yes. Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers de- debate. Correct. Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning are both going to make the Hall of Fame strictly based no doubt. on two. And, two and rings. Regardless of what else happens. And counting rings. for Ben. Yeah, okay. So anyway. Potentially. Potentially. I think. I think the Phillips Rivers was the best of the three. I You're just, wrong. I do. Okay, Mr. Homer. No, but he had the better talent on his no, team and did nothing didn't. with it. That Giants defense was way more important than anything. I'm Phillip talking about Rivers on the had. offense. On the offense. But Eli doesn't have the Super Bowls because of his offense. He has the Super Bowls because of him and the defense. You know, and we've talked about those playoff runs, just those two playoff runs are some of the best playoff runs of all time, statistically speaking, Captain Numbers. Whatever. Anyway. It's a, it's a fact. I don't think Philip Rivers should be in the Hall of Fame. I do think he will get into the Hall of Fame. Okay. I, I think he does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but it's going to right. take him a while to get there. I, I, I think... Like, like I said, the reason it'll take a while for him to get there more than anything is, is there, yeah. the other names on on the on the ballot. But nonetheless, a fist bump, boy! Congratulations to Philip Rivers on a almost Hall of Fame level career. Happy for you. You'll speak for now, me. <laughs> you're right. You don't even congratulate him on the almost Hall of Fame. 
Uh, now, you know, and I saw a quote from him, and I'm really happy for him. I'm a family man. Now he gets to spend some time with his wife and finally focus on starting and raising a family. Uh, and, hey, and he I'm, should have and some I'm kids. <laughs> he should really have some kids. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, it is sad to see him go because he is an entertaining player, has always yeah. been an entertaining player. I used to always. And, so, so you remember the rivalry in the beginning of his career with Jay Cutler? I used I to love that rivalry, just the, the yeah. back and forth between those two in the middle of, of, of the down switching, going back and just talking trash to each other, getting mic'd Well, and, and like you said, you had the trash talking, which he yeah. was phenomenal at. I, 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 I feel bad because I think, you know, I thought he had something going with the Colts and it would have been interesting to see what he could do with one more year. But, he, you know, he said it's just time, and you can't argue with that. 17 years yeah, is a great no. career uh, at any position, especially quarterback. It doesn't seem as much because we have players playing until they're 58 or whatever Tom Brady's going to be. Moving on to new coaches. We have a few coaching hires that have happened with some of these vacancies. It's one of the high-level touch on a few of them. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have shocked the world and hired Urban Meyer. And I'm very curious to know how you feel about this particular hire. I mean, they had to hire somebody, I guess. I, I, I'm not I, a I mean, fan. I'm not a big fan of college coaches coming into the NFL. It's funny because um, I wrote a note that said, Geo, not sure how this will work out. Uh, college coaches have trouble making the switch. Well, there's only what two that i could think of off the top of my head and i'm sure that there's been more that have been like really successful in the nfl and one of them essentially got kicked out of the league in, in harbaugh the other one's Pete. yeah Jack. like Pete, well well no you, you have you have the other harbaugh didn't he coach in college no he was an Don? assistant no he was an assistant coach behind he was uh, a special team coach yeah. he was a special teams yeah. coach you're right so yeah Pete carroll and, and is the, the only was, one and, and by thing, the way, it's Pete Carroll's second try in well, the NFL. And that's what I was about to say is Pete Carroll coached in the NFL before he coached in college. So that yeah. doesn't yeah. really count. Like, and, and hold on. Hold on. Harbaugh did not get kicked out. He went to Michigan. He, he took his dream job in Michigan. Don't. Don't start that. And by the well, way, no, congratulations! Okay. Listen, the nice not, extension. I'm he's not, doing a great job uh, and just keeping the. He's just keeping the blue whole, wave going. Whole another conversation. Back to Urban I'm, Meyer. Look, I'm not saying that nobody in the NFL <laughs> wanted to hire him. What I'm saying is the 49ers essentially told him, "Look, you're done. Get get out. We don't want you anymore." And okay, yes, he signed his dream job. But the point is, uh, Urban Meyer. Yeah, I. He's a big name. It was a big splash, uh, so to speak, because he's a big name and he's been talked about for a number of uh, jobs for, for a few years now. Um, he has been out of coaching for four years. Something like something that. Like that. Uh, since he left Ohio State, he was with Florida before then. But he left both of those jobs citing health issues and... It leads one to believe one. How is he like? Is he gonna do that again? That's gotta be well. <laughs> gotta be a concern, right? I mean, unless unless which is what I said when he took the Ohio State job is those health issues are just his reason to leave the job. Like, it, I, oh, it's, okay, that's I, an assumption I, you can make, but like, you don't. We don't know. Yeah, 
I, did, first off, yeah. first off, I don't think that this is the right hire for Jacksonville. Oh, good. Continue. Let's go down that path. I think what? the right hire for Jacksonville was Bienemy, Eric Bienemy from Kansas well, City. Like we'll I think know that when we're that done with was, this that nobody's even interviewing Bienemy. Yeah, which is crazy. which is unbelievable. And now reports are coming out that we should not expect him to get a job, which I still think is mind-boggling. Which, by the way, good for the Chiefs. Good I mean, for yeah, the Chiefs. But he deserved. He deserves that. He does absolutely. And, Bringing and, it back to Jacksonville, I think. The, the hardest part we're going to see, and this seems to be one of the hiccups we have with coaches coming from college to the NFL, is they're not coaching kids who, a number of which are just happy to be there. They're coaching professionals mm-hmm. who are making a ton of money, some of which more than you well, as and, the coach. Yeah. Well, and a, a big part about it is, to, well, plus you're, you're coaching 36, 37-year-old men. Like, yeah, you're coaching you're, adults yeah, that are professionals. It, it, it's different. Like, it's, it, it's a different style. The schemes are different. The speed is different. The style's different. Everything Your name will only different. take you so far in the NFL as a coach. Well, yeah, and, It'll and take you a lot further in college, as we're seeing with Urban Meyer well, when he was there, and with even Harbaugh. It's not it, just that. Like... You can win in college based strictly off of recruiting. Yes. Like the reason Alabama and now now Nick Saban is a great coach. I'm not taking anything. He's earned his way there. He's earned his way there. But he wins half of his games simply because he has the best players on the field. That does not happen in the National Football League. It certainly doesn't happen in Jacksonville. Yeah. It's like I think the it feels like. The only reason that Jacksonville hired Urban Meyer is because they're a Florida-based team. And if you want a big name in Florida coaching, Urban Meyer is probably the biggest. Does this put Justin Fields into play? No. No, not at all. Given his Ohio State times? I think even given his Ohio State times. He wasn't the one to recruit Justin Fields. He doesn't... I know that. You know, for... Right now, if anybody's thinking about anybody other than Trevor Lawrence, they're an idiot. Okay. I I agree with you. I'm just throwing the question out. Next one. The Detroit Lions. They hired Dan Campbell, who was the New Orleans Saints assistant head coach and tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a whole lot on this, except that it was really a surprise. Wasn't really on anybody's radar. There were a number of other candidates available, like we said just off the top of our head. Bienemy's mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peterson's like there are other people available. So this came as a bit of a surprise, and they hired him fast after New Orleans got uh, eliminated over the weekend. Yep. They hired, like the next day it was announced or that night it was announced. It was really fast. I uh, no idea how this is going to work. No it, clue. It feels like when the Giants hired Joe Judge. Just this this coach out okay. of nowhere never had even assistant. I mean, well, let me change that. Campbell did have the uh, interim head coach. Well, he was position he was the assistant point. head coach. Well, he was also a, an interim head in coach Miami. if I remember correctly in Miami. Yep. So he has some experience. Which is more than Joe Judge. Yeah, Joe Judge had no coaching experience. It's they took a position coach who was was the right hand man of what we look at as one of the better coaches in the NFL now, Sean Payton. 
Yeah. And they, they're assuming that he's going to take all the, you know, absorb all of Sean Payton's skills and apply. I mean, it. I guess. I, that, it's got to be that. Like, they have to assume that what's going to happen is they have a veteran quarterback in Matthew Stafford who they don't know what they're going to do with him. If they're even going to hold yeah. on to him. They don't know what they're going to be doing with their, their star wide receiver in Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Their defense is a mess. Like, they're starting from scratch. There's a lot of questions in Detroit. And and this, in my opinion, for better or for worse, I don't know how it's going to be, but it didn't answer the head coaching question. Yeah. It no, not at all. It's saying, we're set at head coach. They it, are it they're taking of, a flyer, it feels well, like. Well, he kind of feels like that, that middling... You know, this is going to be our coach while we fix our lineup, and then I, it, we'll see. If yeah, we no, win, if we win, we made the right coaching hire, and everybody's going to look at us and say that was a great choice. If we and did, if we don't, don't. Then you know someone what? Someone else can come in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, down in Los Angeles, the Chargers went and hired Brandon Staley away from the Los Angeles Rams. He doesn't have to travel very far. He was their defensive coordinator. Hmm. And I'm going to jump on this and say I am not pleased with this pickup. I I thought for sure they were going to go offensive-minded given Justin Herbert's incredible yeah. first year. Yeah. And, and the I weapons that they have on that team. I honestly didn't think they were going to move on from Anthony Lynn personally. I thought, I that thought that was he was going to stay. Myself. Yep. Yep. Um, and then for them to go in a defensive route – really confused me from a Justin Herbert standpoint to be determined how it goes. But I thought for sure they were going to go offense uh, with an offensive mind. I agree. And then another thing that I, that I look at is like, you don't know how good of a coach Staley is no, simply you know. based on the fact of he had Aaron Donald and James. Yeah, it made it a like, little bit easier. How how do you mess that up? Like, there's no way that you could screw. Up. Here's the best player on the field, offensive or defensive, which is, you know, it's JJ Watt. You know, seven years yeah. ago, it's you yeah. can't no, I'm with mess you. this up. So whatever schemes or whatever you had, trust me, Jalen Ramsey was calling stuff and saying, "No, no, we're not doing that." Or, or Aaron Donald was, saying, "We're not doing that." Hey, go do your thing. Yeah. Which is which is easy. Moving down to Atlanta, the Falcons. You're saving it for me, aren't you? I am. I am. Moving down to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they bring in Arthur Smith, who is the offensive coordinator at Tennessee, and I like this one. I'm a little torn on this one. He is the architect behind this this revamped offense. Again, another you had Derrick Henry, so it was it was good. But he got the best out of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, someone that no one could get anything out of. He got what seems to be the best out of Ryan Tannehill, and it seems like this is the recipe for a a one last run, a last gasp effort with Matt Ryan. So my issue with this is I think Atlanta needed a defensive coach. I really do. Um, they, 
you have weapons. It's on tough offense. when like you have when you hard. have a franchise quarterback like Matt Ryan. It's hard not to, to, and and that's why I don't like the the Chargers going defense. You got to make your quarterback happy, man. Yeah, but in this situation, it's different. Like Justin Herbert's a young quarterback. He's going into yep. his second year in the league. Yeah, he 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 has Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and and all that, but. You're still a young quarterback. You still need that guidance. Matt Ryan does. Matt Ryan does not need that guidance. He he has it. You can leave that off. The, the offense was fine. Like Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. I mean, Julio's a little injured last year and hobbled, but they were still fine. Like they were still good. Yeah. Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan. That defense needs so much help. Agreed. Agreed. And and but, and the thing is, is Arthur Smith? Yes, okay, he made Tannehill a, a little bit better, but look at the a weapons. A Look at the weapons around Tannehill. Look at the. I mean, come on. He had AJ Brown. He had Corey, uh, Chris Davis. He had Derrick Henry. Corey he Davis. Had, Corey Davis. Sorry. He had. You weapons. had it right the first time, and yeah. I know. I said it, and then I went back. <laughs> and I, whatever. Anyway, he had weapons from front to back. Like well, this he, year he did, yes, right. And it's the first, and even last year, like AJ Brown was was this, a great rookie last, you know, the year before last. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, they had the weapons. They he had a good. Yes, he came up with the schemes, but he still had it. Like Ryan Tannehill was a a top ten pick. Yeah, but he wasn't a top ten pick player. No, like he did but, not but you know who else play after that but you know until else, he got into this system. You know who else wasn't? Alex Smith. Until a quarter un, until Jim Harbaugh got to San Francisco. Until he got into the right system. Right. So he got in but he had the weapons around him. It wasn't just mm. the system. Mm. I mean then you had uh what's his name? Colin come in and he played great in that system too. So anyway I like it. I think it's it's smart to give Matt Ryan a a coach that I'm, will I'm not put him first. Well, I'm not saying that it's a horrible decision. I'm saying I would have much rather have had a defensive coach come in. They need to work on their defense, absolutely. But I think the offensive-minded coach is going to have uh, a, a better a better repertoire with their star what I, what I number think is one Arthur guy. Smith is Arthur Smith needs to make sure that whoever his defensive coordinator is knows what he's doing that, and it, Wade Phillips I think that Wade Phillips would be great if he could pick up Wade Phillips or somebody like that but we'll see I just Arthur Smith isn't a horrible choice but I think that there were better choices out there 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 are some good defensive coordinators out on the market so We'll see who they snatch up. Mm -hmm. There's one left. One higher left. There's two teams that have not hired, and yeah. those are the Texans and the Eagles. We're not really going to talk about that because they're dumpster fires in a number of different ways. The last hire so far, I think, is the best hire it so far. Hire. It is the best it hire. It is a slam dunk. The New York Jets have reached into your San Francisco 49ers pockets and poached Half the coaching staff, yep, including, and I'm going to give this a go. I think it's Robert Selay. Give it Selay. to me, Selay. I was right. The defensive coordinator from your San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to talk about my feelings, and then I want you to talk about your feelings, and I want you to tell me your feelings as a fan, not just of what it's like. I'm going to cover what it means for the Jets. I want you to give me your opinion 
on this change of venue for him. So I'm going to say we both, for the Jets, love this hire. This is a great hire. I've been calling for him to get a head coaching job for a couple of years now. Others have as well. But I told you, this guy's gone. This guy's going to be a head coach. It took one or two years longer than I thought it was going to. Um, the Jets needed something different. He is basically the the polar opposite of Adam Gase. Adam Gase was loosey-goosey, calm, having a good time, lighthearted. This guy's going to come in and whip this team in the Laser shape. focused. Laser it is focused. going to be a whole nother monster. Yep. He's going to focus on the defense, which has not been good for the mm-hmm. for the Jets lately. And all of their coaches for the past like five or six hires just about have been offensive-minded coaches, and it hasn't worked. This guy... Well, not all. Had, Todd, Bowles, Todd Bowles was defensive. The, most, and that one didn't work very didn't well work either. didn't work out at all, yeah. What I mean is most of the hires for the past five or six hires have all been offensive-minded, and it hasn't worked. This guy's going to come in and shake things up. Not dissimilar, if you will, from what Joe Judge, my Giants, have did. He came in and revamped the culture of the Giants, and though they weren't overly successful due to injuries, it the coaching is working. You see it working, and I think a similar effect can happen with uh, Saleh here in for the Jets. They need top-to-bottom change. They need everybody to be competing for their jobs, and that's what this guy's going to do. And if I'm not mistaken, he's taking a couple other coaches from the 49ers and bringing them over. Now, how do you feel about this as a fan of the San Francisco 49ers? So, two things. One, I'm so happy for him that he got a head coaching job. Fully deserved um, it. He was the heart and soul, even though he was only the coach. He was the heart and soul of that defense. Like, yeah. you could tell his personality was in that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they they built that defense around how he wanted to coach. Shanahan knew it. Um, um, John Lynch knew it. Like, mm-hmm. he, they just they built, they got the personnel for it and said, this is your coach. This is how he wants you to play. And this is how you play. And they were terrific. When they were healthy and on and on top, it was it was amazing to watch. And you saw him on the sidelines giving as much effort Mm -hmm. as the players were on the field. Now you can't do that as as a head coach to that extent. Because you're you're watching everything, there's a lot more involved, but that can be given in in practice. That can be given in meetings. He seemed like he was a disciplined coach who was also for the players, which is very rare to find in the NFL. Yes. Um, from a fan standpoint of looking at the team, God, this breaks my heart. Yeah. Like we, we had a year that we were, and, and I heard uh, Keyshawn Johnson say it the best. We were the 19ers. Like we weren't even the 49ers. We had 19 players able, able to play every yep. week. Like, yep. We were so decimated by injuries in a year that we just came off the Super Bowl. Our defense, while we while we lost Buckner, we gained so much more. We seemed like we were primed to make a push in just everything. We were the poster child for what COVID did. Like, that's what the Niners was. Because it wasn't one big week like the Ravens. It was 
a couple this week, a couple. Well, you had major injuries. Then yeah. you had people, you know, yeah. testing positive. So like it, just, it never ended for the 49ers. To see Saleh leave before we got to truly finish the job, it hurts. It hurts so much. But I wish him the best. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that he found a head coaching job, and hopefully we find the right replacement. I don't know who it is. No idea. Because I think that he was probably the best defensive coordinator in the NFL for the past couple of years. Uh, for the past few years, I, I probably would agree with you. I, it, it's hard to say after this past year. Like you said, the defense yeah. didn't didn't perform as well as they could because of the injuries. But from a defensive coordinator, he's on the short list. Yeah. And like I said, I, I have been calling for him to to get a head coaching job for a couple of years now and see when I would, the jets made the move i immediately and you know this i immediately said he's the hire for the jets he needs to be the guy see i think and and i think the soleil worked anywhere wherever he went it would have yes. worked like and but i think that if you flipped the new york and atlanta hirings arthur smith and, and robert soleil it still could have worked i think it would have worked better because you for get, Atlanta, you, yes. I think even for, for New York, it does. Because you get that guiding coach for Sam Darnold. You don't have to draft a assuming quarterback. They, assuming they another, keep Sam Darnold. Well, that's what I'm saying. Assuming. This is assuming that the teams stay the same. Which um, we're going to talk about that yeah. when we get to the offseason. Yeah. What we think so, these but teams still, should do. Great hire by, by, by New York. Uh, I think that it was probably a short list. Maybe Arthur Smith, Eric Bieniemy, and Robert Saleh that New York could have hired that yeah. would have been a good hire. Well, and so that- so I had Soleil as my second best option, the best option that was currently available. And okay. I think that's why they yeah. they, yeah, they had the trigger to, they on had him. To pull him so nobody else took him. Because I still think the best option would have been Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. For the yeah. Chiefs, I sure. I sure. I thought he was number 1, but when he's not available until after the season and the Chiefs are still involved, they had to pull the trigger on Soleil. Yeah. And I couldn't be happier for him. Let's move on to the games. We had a few. We had we had another. Some say the best weekend in football. No, I always the divisional the weekend. I think that's the championship week. I don't know why I love that week of football. So okay, whatever. Most people say it's divisional week. You go ahead and be Giovanni and be all different. Giovanni. Giovanni. Uh, let's run down the games. We had the Packers and the Rams. Packers, uh, Packers handled business. Yeah, was there ever any doubt in this game? 18. Yeah, no, there was. There was very, very little doubt in this game. Aaron Rodgers was terrific. Twenty-three of thirty-six, two ninety-six and two, which statistically speaking is okay. Meh. It's good, especially for him. It's meh, uh, but he was exactly as good as he had to yep. be. Yep. Uh, they rushed for 188 yards, which was which was huge. And that was his most ever in a playoff game, if I if I heard that correctly. Who's that? Aaron Rodgers, the most support he's gotten from ground game in a playoff oh, most, game. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. that is correct. Um, and that'd be a high for a lot of a lot of quarterbacks. 188 rushing yards. Um, the, the the Rams never looked to get their feet under them. No. Uh, it never really felt like this game was in doubt, and a large part of that, and you brought him up earlier, Aaron Donald was hurt. 
Yep. And yep. he had those rib injuries, and we both said last week that that was going to play a factor, and it did. Aaron Dodgers. Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, Aaron Dodgers. Aaron Dodgers. I combined it. Aaron Donald uh, not being 100% definitely took the wind out of the sails for this game. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I felt took, like the Rams were on borrowed time anyways. Out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, Aaron Rodgers was great, and Aaron Rodgers did exactly what he needed to do, and he had the support, like we said. Devontae Adams went for 66 and a touchdown. Lazard went for 96 and a touchdown, yep. including that one long one after he dropped one, and mm-hmm. then he took the. And I think that was really when it was like, okay, this game's over. We're moving well, I, on. I think that it was over the second that the second half opened. And Aaron Jones took it for what fifty six? I think it was a fifty fifty six yard. yard yeah. yeah, yeah. And once once he broke free, I'm like, this game's over. Like, it, yeah. It's, well, it's I done. thought he was going the distance. I thought he was taking that to the house. So and I was going to be like, so oh right. come yeah. on. Yeah. No. When they were able to pound with the run game, it just it, it yeah. there was nothing they could do. There was nothing they could do. I uh, next game was a little different though. A little bit. Ravens and the Bills. Um, a little defensive game for you. It was ugly. It was very ugly windy. Game. It was yep. very, very windy. We saw something that we literally never see, and that's Justin Tucker missing two kicks that's in the same game. First time in his career. Yeah, yeah. Hit hit the left post and then hit the right post. Yeah, or the upright. Um. But that was a sign of the wind. The wind was wrecking mm-hmm. havoc because then uh, uh, the Bills then missed a the kick as well. You saw the wind take it. No. But you saw they were having a lot of difficulty in the throwing game, in the passing game. <laughs> a lot yeah. of passes, like just generally speaking, both sides of the of the fence, both teams had issues with the deep ball. They were they were overthrowing. The ball was sailing on them. Um, and it, it, it showed. Now... The Ravens, man, they 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 are tough to play from behind. You just can't. They don't have the offense to play from no. behind. Add in that it was windy, and they had little to no shot. Add into the fact that the best quarterback on the field for the Bills was probably Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, he 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 didn't. Well, he he only had the one interception, and he had half as many yards. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, he. When he got knocked out, um, and that I was thought, the other I thought he had to go drop a deuce again. I'll be honest. Was, like, I seriously thought that. I'm like, he's going to go back. He's going to drop a deuce. There was a, a few people that were, yeah. and, and I saw some taunts saying, hey, you better you better hope he's not just going to the yeah. bathroom. <laughs> I, they had issues snapping the ball when he was in shotgun. A few times I it think, got past him. So I think it, that was a lot of miscommunication, being a center growing up. That was a lot of miscommunication between the center and the quarterback. Yeah, there were um, issues. I, I think that the wind is high as And they had was. him last week, too. Well, this week, I think, was a little... Last week, I think it was just... It was nerves. Yeah, um, this week, the wind, I think, played a factor, and yeah, there was the some wind miscommunication. Played a factor as, far, as hard as it was blowing. It was probably a little bit harder to hear the cadence. Plus, yeah. the, the, the ball probably got picked up a little bit by the wind. It got thrown left or right. A little bit. Um... But I'll be honest, Lamar did recover well from those. Well, he um, has the athletic ability to right, do that. Right. Until, of course, he gets knocked into the end zone yeah. and gets knocked out of the game. And that was the moment that, all right, this game, there's yeah. Hunley, all due respect, 
he he isn't this now I, he, I thought he the game, did his best. I thought the game was over at the interception. Like I saw the interception happen. Oh, the just, the hundred and one yards. Yeah, the the body the body uh, uh, just language. The, the there you go. Thank you. I was trying to think of the yep. word. The I body you. language of Lamar Jackson just completely definitely changed. changed. Definitely uh, changed. He definitely looked defeated at that point where he was just like, what? He just what didn't see I the do? guy. He just didn't see him. No. He had the window. If you there's a there's a great shot of that play from yeah. behind the receiver. It was uh Andrews, Mark Andrews, and the window was there. Yes, he was blanketed by players, but the window was there. And you don't make it to quarterback in the National Football League without well, being not able to think throw that inside you can a window. Yeah. Whether you can or can't. You think you can. Yeah. And you're confident in that ability. And the ball was right where it had to be. He just didn't see that other defender coming underneath. He never saw him. And that's that's where you're going to get him. And who was that? That was... uh, Devin Smith, I think. Who was it? Who was it? Devin Smith. They got the interception. Uh, was it Devin Smith? I believe it was Devin Smith. No, Taron jo- Johnson. Johnson. That's right. Yeah, Taron yeah, yeah. Johnson. Devin Who Smith, was, Devin Smith was the player that was literally all over the field all night. That's why I was. Yes, he that. was uh, number forty-five. Yeah. No, that's from that's from Tampa. He's from Tampa. Oh, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. I'm, different, I don't know why I'm team. on a Tampa game. Okay. Yes. No, Taron Johnson was the one that he 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 stepped to the. Yeah, Lamar's yeah, left, yeah, 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 yeah. and then yeah. shot across. Yeah. All he did is watch Lamar's eyes. Um, what I think is a fun fact about that, what, first of all, what was better about that play than what he did was the other defender that sprinted down the field and cut off Lamar Jackson from being able off, to yeah. make that tuck. That yeah. was as important to that play as anything because they, they tackle him probably, you know, it was in Baltimore territory, so they still have great field position, but yeah, it wouldn't have been a I, touchdown. I would have, I think that I, it, you could have seen the Ben Roethlisberger situation when Jerome Bettis fumbled the ball in the red zone and Ben Roethlisberger had to recover and tackle the person who was yep. running it back. Yep. I think it would have been the same situation where while it wasn't a touchdown that it should have been, it still would have been a big play. It, it still would have been a big yeah. momentum play Back swinging towards Baltimore if he got sure, stopped. Sure, sure. But in the in the world of that play, I thought that was equally as important as right. Well, that, what that I'm saying is that that's why it was so important. Yeah. because of that that whole situation of yeah, it should be a touchdown. It should be seven the other way. The quarterback is the one who chased him down. Yeah, you know. It would have been big. And what I also think is funny is, is and I don't know if you know this, Taron Johnson, uh, a few years back at the at the Combine, there was a defense back doing the passing drills. And there's that one drill where you, you spin around and you run down the line and you have passes coming from either mm-hmm. side and you got to alternate and catch them. And the very first one, he turned the wrong way and got belted in the head by the football that's the same guy that made basically yeah. a game ceiling yeah. play in a playoff game. And I thought that was good. Good for him. Uh, Buffalo Bills move on. Their first and uh, excuse me, AFC championship game since, if I'm not mistaken, 1993. 27 the final, years, yeah. The final of the four straight Super Bowls that they went to. Uh, and coincidentally, who do they play in that AFC championship Dallas. game? Oh, the AFC championship. AFC championship game. That was Kansas City, right? Kansas City Chiefs, quarterback by Joe Montana. Joseph Montana. Yeah. 
Moving on to the next game. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, they had a little bit of a scare last week. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I... God, what a... That was a brutal hit. What you know, it's funny because it really... It didn't seem like it. It was the... So, if you look at it in slow motion, it, it's as, yes. as, as, at game speed. No, it just looked like... An, an, I didn't every, think anything you know, of whatever. it. But he was clearly out if on his feet. If you look at that in slow motion, yes. his yes. head it whipped back yeah. so fast. Yeah. Like, even in no, slow it, motion, it was fast. So and getting up, him getting up was scary. Like it, I it, was, it, I was scared. Like so, oh my god. Yeah, it was, and and you weren't the only one. Uh, there were a lot of people, specifically in Kansas City. And their fans and their coaches and the other mm-hmm. players that meant so. Let's For back the up NFL. A little bit. The let's, NFL let's, looked yeah. at it like this is bad. Oh boy! I uh, let, let's let's back up a little bit here. Um, Browns came in and they played hard. Mm-hmm. They played hard. They they were in it the whole game. Yeah. I uh, yeah. they the did last, get down last, like. 30 seconds. Like well, legit. they did get down a little bit. Uh, they got down, what is that, 19 to 3 uh, after after halftime. But then they fought back. And yeah. now a large part of that, you have to believe, came when Patrick Mahomes got knocked out of the game. That changed what the Chiefs were able to do with Chad Henney. They yes. only scored yeah. three points yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Um, but... The, the Browns fought hard enough to be at least close enough that when that end injury did happen, they had a chance. They did come up short. Kansas City wins this game 22-17, to and there are two stories from this game. One, Patrick Mahomes got, got hurt, and his, his status, though a lot of people are claiming it isn't, his status technically is in question for this upcoming week. I think week's it's very game. much in question. Like, it's in question. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are claiming that he's going to be fine. He's going to play. Uh, I like to believe that as well. But technically, if I'm not mistaken, we won't know his status until hey. Hey. Saturday. Anything is possible, right? So that is the second story. It's a combination of Chad Henney came in and saved the day and the size of the Cajones. The cojones on this guy. Andy Reid. And the quote that I heard, they said, uh, someone asked him, fourth and one is a is a passing play? And he said, every, every down, down is a is passing, a passing down. So, quick recap of what happened. They had third and a mile. After a big sack third by, and a mile. by Miles sack. Garrett, who yes. was hurt. Who got yes. hurt and taken out he earlier was, in the game. He was not 100% in this game. And then late in the fourth quarter, down by five, he makes Monsters. a huge sack Monsters. of Chad Henney. And I mean no disrespect to Chad Henney, much like I didn't mean any disrespect to uh, Huntley from Baltimore. But it's Chad Henney. He's not Patrick Mahomes. So you had to believe they were hurting. Well, third and 74 yeah, or whatever like it was. 16, yeah. And this son of a gun scrambles out of the backfield and starts running down the field. And he took his third step, at, and I said to myself, Tom Brady speed, boy. You see him streaking <laughs> down that field? So so he took the third step, and I said, this son of a gun is going to get it. Yeah. I, 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 I was like, it's storybook ending. Like, this is how it's going to be. And he head first dives and takes on that hit. 
And live, I thought he got it. I thought he got it live. I thought well, you're, almost any so you're time a, of the game other on, than that. You're on a delay from me. It, it was I a remember delay. sending yes. you a text of, look the at balls the balls on, on yeah, this yeah. guy. And I thought you were talking about that play. Right, right. Because it just happened. And, and I then... thought he got it. <laughs> so... So one of the interesting things about the, the play before the play, when he ran it, I believe if that play had happened in the first quarter or the second quarter, he, yeah, he, he, they gave him the first yeah, down. Yeah, of course. You see it every game. They're much more lenient about the spots early in the game. Mm. Late in the game, boy, are they, are they conservative. Now, the, where they spotted the ball was spotted by a referee who could not see where the ball was because the ball was on the other side of right. Penny when he dove. Right. Yet he got it perfectly. It was unbelievable, and I was very impressed by that. I think it was luck of the draw. He just got lucky on where he spotted it. He spotted it short. He was short. Then they lined up for fourth and a, a, a – they call it fourth and one. It wasn't a yard. It was fourth and the fourth tip of the ball, the nose of the ball. It was very, very close. And – Everybody's looking at it, saying they're gonna they're gonna run the you know the try and draw them off sides, including yeah. the announcers. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And and you know, and again, you already knew at this point what was mm-hmm. gonna happen because you were ahead of me, and and you waited. Thankfully, this time you waited. So many times before, you and or other people give me what happens, and it ruins it. I are I had already put my phone down and not looked at Twitter because I didn't want to see what was happening. Like, I wanted to watch it and experience well, well, I, I always give you a good 15 seconds to try and catch up. Once you realize I'm delayed. Before you realize I'm yeah, delayed, yeah. you're telling me. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, oh, he's oh, yeah. in. Touchdown. Yeah. What? So, they line up for that play. And you know, and I, we say this almost every week, I love play design and the X's and the O's mm-hmm. and watching the, the you know, the, the formations and everything like that. They lined up for that play. And they... Everybody, you know, you're thinking they're gonna they're gonna run the you know the hard count and try and draw them off sides. And I saw the lineup and I saw a hill at the top of the screen on the right side of the formation, and I saw what was an empty formation with Henny in the shotgun. And I said to myself, they're running this play. Because typically speaking, in the 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 hard count, you don't normally see them do the whole thing from the shotgun. They may start at the shotgun and then go up under center to give the illusion that they're going to run the QB mm-hmm. sneak and they try to draw you off sides. When I saw Henny standing in that shotgun, I said, wait a minute, are they going to run a play here? And then I looked at Hill and they had two receivers on the right. Hill was in the slot. And I saw Hill standing like extra nonchalant. Like, just trying to look like he wasn't in a real stance. And I said, they, they're going to run this play. And and they waited and waited, did the hard count, did the hard count, and then snapped that ball, and the defense wasn't ready. They An easy, oh, no, easy play. So, so nobody outside of the center, Chad Henney and Tyreek Hill, I truly believe, knew that Even that play knew was going to happen. Happened that ball. Had any idea? Uh, it it was a perfect design, a quick out, mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe a little pick involved or downfield blocking. I don't know, but he threw it so fast it, it wouldn't get called. And 
sealed the game on a fourth it, so, and one. Just so what incredible I thought, play call. What I and thought I was going to happen is I truly saw an Aaron Rodgers special happening. Like, that's what I thought. You know where Aaron Rodgers gets to call offside so he can get that free play of just yes. tucking it down. Yes. I, tr- I thought that Tyreek Hill was just going to take off. Yes. And they were just either going to seal it or go underneath. Because if you look at uh, Travis Kelsey in that play, yes. he was set. He was ready. Wide open, yeah. And, and, and he had, and if a, he, he had and a, if, yeah. if he did a quick three and out, it would have been a first down game over. Yep. Same situation. Doing the play to Tyreek Hill, first off, they called it about three seconds before I thought they were going to call it. I thought that they were going to call it when that ball, when that clock hit one. They well, called and that's, it, and that's and that's why they they called it about four seconds, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. left. And that's because you, that is normally when the defense starts to re- relax mm-hmm. on those plays. Like they go, oh, they're just. Oh no! And and they right. like that's what they did. Right. that was the design of the play. And, and I remember I waited for you to respond, and and I, <laughs> I I wanted to look at my phone, but I don't want it to mess with with the recording here. I, I'm pretty sure that you said, "Oh my God, yeah, that was a beautiful play." Yep, write that one down. We are talking about it. Yes, I did. I, I did. That's exactly what I said. And I'm actually going to pull up the conversation to read it if I can find it. And I remember, like, I, I stopped it. I, re- I rewind because I knew the game was over. There was no point in watching the rest of the game. Yes. And I rewinded Yeah, they, they were in victory formation at And that I point. watched it again and a couple times so I could get the whole play and figure it out. And and if you look at nobody on that defense was ready. Nobody. No. Nobody. Nobody on that offensive line was ready. Like, except for that center who, I mean, look, you always have to be ready as the center. And, and if anybody knows that you're going to snap it, it's going to be you. Again, it goes back to that is that is what I love is those 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 types of plays mm-hmm. that are that are game changing plays. Yeah. And that that was a great call. Uh, and I love every to me, second like we saw a lot of good plays this week and a lot of good football. That was not only probably the most important play of the weekend. But I think the best call of the weekend. I'm going to say that was the best offensive uh, call and execution. There were more important plays, but not yes, designed yes, yes, that way. Yes, like that 101 yes. yard call that we yeah, just yeah. That, that was a more important play because that's like for that game. But this was a play designed called intended and executed yes, perfectly yeah, yeah. that sealed the game and i and i completely agree uh congrats to the browns they had a great season broke they, a bunch they, of streaks they have the start of something truly special in cleveland right now you you have to think that um the problem i have with declaring that and i'm not knocking the browns i'm not knocking baker i'm not knocking everything anything it's it's very similar to the conversation about ryan Tannehill before this season it was hard to say ryan Tannehill was going to be recreating last season's performance because everything we'd seen about ryan Tannehill was x and this one season was y what the hell is going on the safer bet is that they would revert back to the ryan Tannehill of old the browns have been the same thing for a long time. Baker Mayfield has been the same thing for his whole career. This year, hopefully for their sake, I don't. I, I hope this isn't the case, but it screams of an anomaly. 
that hopefully, hopefully they don't revert back to the old Browns and, and what they now, it seems like they have a chance with Baltimore not really knowing their their identity as a football team. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh potentially on the downfall with you know Big Ben on his way out. We don't know what's going to happen there. And Cincinnati's still fighting their game to get their way up. There's a chance that they could be the, the big man on campus. But hopefully we don't have a case of the same old Browns. No, I agree. I agree. But I think that Stefanski's the right coach for that team at the right time. It, it seems that way. I, and, we and both look, think him... I, I take him the coach of the year. And if if you look at it like you can say what you want about Baker Mayfield, up until this year he had the record for most touchdowns by a quarterback in his rookie year. Like his rookie year wasn't bad. Wild Last year he great. wasn't horrible. This year he got that 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 repartee, you know, that we call mm-hmm. it with, with yeah. Jarvis and Landry. And he had the run game. He had the, the run, run game, game is, is out as of well. this world. He's one of the best offensive lines in football. Miles Garrett is a monster on the football yes, field. He is. That that team is, is it's starting to gel, I think. And yes, it can revert and go backwards. We've seen that I, happen I'm not with a lot it of will. teams. I just I need I'm, to see one more year from the Browns before right. I'm going to declare okay. that they okay. up and coming. Okay. What what all that I'm saying is the potential's there. That's yes. what I'm saying. The yes. potential's there. They have something special. And if can they, I go, go ahead, ahead. sorry. No no God. No, I'm changing the subject. So Finish oh, your thought, and 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 if they they capitalize on that potential, it, it's gonna be it, we're gonna see the Chiefs versus the Browns a lot in the playoffs if they capitalize on this. So I I hope you're right because that was a fun game overall yeah. to watch. Um, one of the biggest, the most important, most prestigious awards in the National Football League is the Walter Payton Award, mm-hmm. given Man to the, the player that yeah the Walter Payton Man of the Year. They're giving to players. They give back and do things in the community. Mm-hmm. Can can we put Miles Garrett on the short list of comeback player of the year when last year he beat a man nearly to death with a helmet on the field and got suspended for the rest of the season? And then this year he is the representative for the Cleveland Browns. He's the nominee for the Cleveland Browns for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. I feel like that puts him in the conversation for Comeback Player of the Year as well. I mean, I think he still he still loses it to Alex Smith, but I put him at a solid two. I, I, he's in, he's at least in the running, right? I saw that, and again, nothing against him, but it just seems like a. I mean, oh, not for nothing. Like, what? He's a serious <laughs> contender for Defensive Player of the Year. Like he absolutely is, but he. But, but the Walter Payton Man of the Year is a different award, and not 12 months ago, you know, he was not playing because I, of I gotta it, be honest. The, he, arguably the most egregious act we've ever seen on a football field. He's my subject for favorite meme of the year when they, he saw that Ducky Hodges was a... Uh, Duck Hodges. Uh, Duck Hodges. And it was Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going through the names here. I understand. That Mason Rudolph was going to be the quarterback for that last game that they played, yeah. and they have him like, yes. rubbing his hands. <laughs> and that's just terrible. It's terrible, and you're a bad influence on me. I am a a, a pure-hearted, you sent me wonderful that. human being. You sent being. me the meme. <laughs> <laughs> the final game of the week is a, a gut-wrenching game uh, for a number of different reasons, not the least of which it made you 4-0 on the week. And me three and one on the Boom. week, called and it. nailed it. Hey, I uh, called the two upsets of, of both week, the two big ones. So, hold on a second, because 
I got a bone to pick about this particular one because so the the, the Buccaneers won thirty to twenty. Brady was was good. Was eighteen yeah. to thirty three, yeah. one hundred and ninety nine and two. Breeze, I thought he was he was okay. He never looked right. He didn't he look comfortable. And if I remember, right. if if I if I if I remember that because they called this during the game or after the game, he averaged four yards per attempt. Like, yeah. Yes. Three point nine. He could not get yeah. the ball downfield. So they shut down Michael Thomas. Zero catches. Zero. Nothing. Supposed to be down. supposed to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Zero catches in a game when it matters. There's a lot of reports coming out that there are some serious injuries with Michael Thomas and he fought through them mm-hmm. so that he could finish one last run with, with Drew Brees yeah. and give him yeah. the last chance. Okay. Uh, multiple surgeries, knees, all kinds of stuff coming from him. So uh, that plays a factor. But just before this game, a player was announced to not be active for this game. The best, quarterback, you remember- the best quarterback on the on the field? <laughs> Do you remember who that player was? Tight end slash quarterback, Taysom Hill. And a quick flashback to last week. Who did I say would be the key to the Saints winning this game? Jameis Winston. No, I said it was going to be Taysom Hill. It was difficult for me to get out, if you recall. But I said he was going to be the key to them winning because he provided a different dynamic when he came in at quarterback. I don't like him as a quarterback, but he provided that dynamic. And that was missing from this game because Taysom Doesn't Hill so, was so, in so, so I'm not saying I got it right. You got it right. I got it wrong. I'm, I, I'm acknowledging that. However, if you recall, the moment he was listed as out, I said it was over. Yeah, I you said, had, oh, you had, I, you I absolutely, lost. You sent me a message. I, I knew it immediately. Over. <laughs> I said, you're going you're gonna to win the week again. And although it showed just like the meme that you sent me, it is amazing how trick plays work when you actually have a quarterback throwing the ball. Huh? Funny how that works. Cause Jameis Winston threw his first playoff touchdown of his career. His first playoff pass of his career went for his first playoff touchdown of his career against his former team. Most efficient, uh, most efficient playoff quarterback of all time. Already. I see a QBR of 100, and his rating was 158.3. I believe that's a record on, on both accounts. Um, the Like I said, Breeze never looked right. Kamara had a good game, went for 85. Uh, you know what, though? The crazy just, thing to think about that is, is for Kamara, that's, that's a not meh. Great. That's a meh. Only, right. 20, only 20 yards receiving, and I feel like that's where they really uh, dropped the ball, uh. so to speak. Um but Breeze threw three interceptions, and they came quickly, like yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And that, and this is the game where uh, your boy, um, what's his face, oh, yeah, number forty-five, Devin uh, Smith, Devin Smith, yeah. Devin White, Devin White, Devin, Devin White? White, Devin White, Devin White, Devin White. This is the game where Devin White was all over the field. He was hitting everybody. Yeah. I think he had a fumble recovery. Didn't he have a fumble recovery? I, I know f- he had a pick. I think he had a fumble caused a pick. A forced fumble. Yeah. No, he recovered one. He recovered he, a fumble. He recovered it too. Okay. He recovered a fumble. Jared Cook's fumble. That's which right. I think that yeah. is when yeah. I said, 
this game might be over because Jared Cook had a first down. It was a great play to Jared Cook, and they peanut Tillman punched it out of there. And and Devin White, Devin White had a great game. I, I, so I thought that the, like the, if you watch the first quarter of this game, it was it was such a defensive game. Like it, yeah, it was it, six it, nothing. It didn't look like Tom Brady's fault. It didn't look like Drew Brees' fault. Like it looked like those defenses were just like we're gonna throw haymakers. Yeah, and and we're gonna be the defense is gonna win this game, and the first team that blinks is gonna lose. And then you start looking at Drew Brees just a little and bit he closer. Well, it's not he, just that he, he, he was like, forcing the ball. He was forcing it. He was hurt. Drew yeah. Brees was hurt. Like people might not oh. realize it. Like you just looked at him throw the ball, and you're like, you're you're done, dude. Like it sucks to say. But and the report every, came out right before the game from Jay Glazer that he was going to retire after yeah. this season. Well, and you look, you look at every like Brett Favre, Steve Young, Joe Montana. Like at the end, it's that point where you yeah. realize, like, oh my God, Peyton Manning, oh my yep. God, you're done. Yep. Like we, we the, the just witnessed tends to happen very end, quickly, and it was like it was a. Like the second heartbreaking. That he, once he got hurt, I think a couple weeks back when he when he broke those ribs earlier this season. Yeah, long, yeah. Once that happened, once he came back, it was a slow. Like okay, he's starting to lose it, but he might get them to the Super Bowl. But they had Hill to offset in. They had Jameis. They had other people to help right, carry right, the load. Right. And they then didn't you, have you saw this game, and you're like, "Oh my God, he can't get the ball more than ten yards down the field." No, it was it was rough, and it was really hard to watch. Yeah, uh, you hate to see uh, you know a player go out that way. It's very rare for a player to win on his way out. You know, yeah. John Elway comes to mind when he won his two Super Bowls and then walked yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely, uh, it, it, it's hard to to win on your way out. But this was a this was a heartbreaking way to see what appears, you know, by all reports to be well, the, the last game. Of it's Drew sad Reese. that the best breeze on the field was his son catching that touchdown from Tom Brady at the so, end of the game. So after the game, there was a, there was a great moment between yeah. Brady and breeze. And, and I was really cool to see. Yeah. No, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was, and by the way, great catch by little breeze. That was oh, a yeah. hands oh, yeah. catch from him in the end zone. It was, it was He wasn't like, playing. Like he, he mossed his little brother. Like <laughs> he went he up did. and he just He did. <laughs> he, he 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 handed it off to Brady and then did a little wheel rate wheel yeah. route around his mother. And, and his, and, brother, and his brother his brother had some good coverage. His, his brother. His little brother was his tight brother coverage. was in perfect position yeah. and he and he reached right over him and snatched it yeah. snatched it from him and it was uh it was a, it was that was a cool moment to see. Yeah. Um if Drew Brees is gone, it it's it, it's heartbreaking to see, but now he is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. And likely absolutely. first ballot. Oh no, it's not. There even is likely. no like, question he, about him. I outside of Tom Brady retiring this year, I don't see any way that Drew Brees and even if Tom Brady did retire this year, I still think they're both first ballot. There it is. Yeah, I was going to tell you, even if Brady yeah. retires this year, I can see them going in together. And you know what? Another good I thing. Can to, another good that. thing to see too, like, and and I'm sure you're just like me, like the most hated player as a fan in the NFL is Tom Brady. Every fan hates, them. unless you're a Patriots or a Buccaneers <sighs> fan. We appreciate what he's done, 
or just a Patriots fan, or just a Patriots or, fan yeah. who now are Buccaneer right, fans, right. which still blows my damn yeah. mind. But, but like, yeah, no, he most, we respect what he's accomplished. But, but man, do I not? Is, I want him to go away. Is there an, a more like liked player in the NFL by the NFL players? Like everybody in the by NFL seems to love this peers. guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it seems that way. Uh, there may be a certain level of respect that they give him and an aura around mm-hmm. him that they give him. But fellow quarterbacks, yes, without they, a doubt. They love him. They love him. They, yeah. they absolutely love him. And a lot of the players that are playing nowadays, obviously not Drew Brees, but a lot of the players that are playing nowadays grew up watching Tom Brady. Yeah. Remember, Tom Brady's been playing for 20 years. Yeah. So a lot of these players were kids Watching Tom Brady when he was starting some off of with them, the Patriots. Yeah, and some of them were like literally born the year that he... Children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah his first year in the league, 2000. Yeah. There's players in the league that are 20 years old. That's insane to think about. Yep. Yep. So, um, congrats to the Buccaneers. They move on. I don't think it was an overly impressive performance from them. No, Their no. defense played wonderfully. Uh, but I feel like the Saints lost this game. Drew Brees and the Saints lost this game as much or more well, than Brady and the Buccaneers I, won. I think, Does that make sense? I think Drew Brees lost this game. Like It sucks to say that, and I never yeah, thought that I'd I say know. it, but it seems like Drew Brees lost this game. Like Not yeah. even the Saints, and because the, the Saints same. weren't playing horribly. And there were plays where you could see Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith were streaking. Yep. They had it. Yep. They yeah. had that step. And Drew Brees is just like, there's no way. It's not happening. Let's move on to this weekend. We yeah. got championship weekend. I love Your it. favorite For weekend. For me, it's my favorite. Like, this is always the week that you have good games. And it also seems like over the past 20 years or so, your team, this is like the level where they stop having success after this. Like, you have success up to this weekend. And then, then the next round, you're like, ah, only I hate twice. this. Only twice. I'm just saying the last 20 years. And only twice. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so, you're, so you're not even that used hey, to this You weekend. know what? Not for nothing. Most most football fans would die for two chances, okay? <laughs> yes. And they would love for those two chances to end in victory, like my team. Let's talk about this year, though. We got two games. The AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. We're going to go in chronological order like we always do. And we're going to start with the NFC Championship game. With the Green Bay Packers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As of right now, Green Bay is favored by just three points. Which, as we say all the time, is basically the home field advantage. Pick them. It's a pick them. On a neutral field, this would be maybe, maybe one point. Maybe one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to disappoint some of our fans today. We are going to disappoint. We are not going to pick the winners. Not we today. We're not going to pick the winners on this game. Uh, on these games, we are going to make you wait. Because on Sunday, at about 2.30 Eastern Standard Time, we're going to go live on Instagram. We're going to do a quick little breakdown of what you know, what all the information that we have and we're going to pick the games at that time. But today, we're going to give you our keys of what these teams have to do to win the games, both sides. So we're going to start, like I said, with the NFC, the Buccaneers, and the Packers. What do the Buccaneers need to do 
to win this game in Green Bay. On the road, in the frozen tundra, what do they have to do? Their wide receivers have to play better than Devontae Adams. Which is a huge ask. Not not just a huge ask. That is a huge it's, it's, it's in Green Bay. It's going to be cold. It may yes. be snowing. The, the weather report isn't 100% sure if it is or isn't yet. And it's also during the day. The night is when yeah. I heard snow was coming. Yeah. They put it as the day to game, and that's yeah. that's a little disappointing. Um, and Devon, there, I don't know if there has been a wide receiver this year that has had bigger games, individual games, not a full season, but individual games bigger than Devontae Adams. Like when, when Green Bay needs him to step up in, in particular, he does. And in this game, he's going to have to. Because that trio so that, you, that you're Tampa saying, Bay has yeah, go ahead. is monstrous. It's good. They're it's really, really good. good. They have big, big names. So uh, I tend to agree with you that they have to. But I think more than, more than the receivers of the Buccaneers having to play better than Devontae Adams, the defense needs to stop Devontae Adams. I, I think it's they more, need to, to be honest. I think that the defense, the key for the for the the Tampa Bay defense, is to stop Aaron Jones. If they take that, so play that was going to be my next point. If they take away that play action from Aaron Rodgers, it it, it, it gives that secondary it well, it gives that secondary a chance to 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 drop back just or or even press a little bit, like whichever they need to do against Devontae mm-hmm, Adams. Yep. Um, and it makes Lazard so the counter to that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Fin- well, finish, your point. Say, finish your point. It it takes Lazard a little bit more out of that game because Lazard Lazard feasts on on the play action. That's when he becomes a good wide receiver plays. and making the big plays. If they take that away yeah. and make the only target possible for for Aaron Rodgers to be Devonte Adams, now it's Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams. You're never going to entirely stop them. But you take every advantage that you can. So the counter to that, mm-hmm. uh, a few points. Number one, and I'm and I'm not a hundred percent on this stat, but I saw a stat somewhere along the lines of Devontae Adams is the only, I think, wide receiver this year and maybe ever that has more than ten receptions on ten or more routes in a season. Which means he runs every route in the route tree, and he runs them wonderfully, well. and yeah. and and catches the and and they they throw it to him on every yeah. route in the yeah. route tree, which makes it unbelievably difficult to guard him. That's number one. Number two, you can take Devontae Adams out of this game. You can, and it's still Aaron Rodgers with Aaron Jones as a, as a running back and Lazard can play the receiving position, as can MVS. And then there's that Robert Tunyon guy who Aaron Rodgers has turned into one, two, or third best tight end in the game. In in the red zone. Outside the red zone, he's been No, he makes mediocre. big play. He put all over the place. He scores. He scores a ton. He's been catching a ton of touchdowns this year. What I'm saying is just taking Devontae Adams away may not be enough. To your point, I think the bigger focus needs to be, A, keeping Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. in the pocket 
Yes. You let yes. him move yeah. around, yeah. and he is as deadly as anybody well, if, we've ever if seen. If you give him the chance to make time, it, it, yes. if you give Aaron Rodgers time, he is going to pick you apart. But more importantly than him picking you apart, that's going to give these receivers time to get away. And yeah. these receivers are good enough to get away from just about any mm-hmm. coverage, especially Devontae Adams. But he's going to have the best coverage guys, which means the other guys are going to have the second, third, fourth uh, coverage. But more importantly than that, the Buccaneers need to keep the the Packers offense off the field. Yeah. And that you're, we're, we're going to say that about every game. you got to keep Rodgers off the field, which means... Tampa has to run the ball. So your point of the the receivers having to be better, I disagree. I think the running game needs to be better than the Packers running game to keep Rodgers off the field and allow them to run this. They, they need to they need to slow this down. Low score, like a shootout may or may not happen, but I think that lowers the likelihood of a Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. I think Tampa would rather have a shootout, to be honest. Oof. I think that they'd rather have a shootout. That's because, confidence. Hubris, well, if you will. If, if this game is low scoring, the better running back in this game is Aaron Jones. Yes. You know, the, the better line in this game is Green Bay's. Like, everything. Leaves. Well, they are without Bakhtiari. Yeah, but. So it brings it, them down a little bit. A little bit, saying. but it's still a better line, I believe. And 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 Jones, uh, the, the Tampa Jones. Uh, what is Ronald, it? Uh, Jones. Ronald Jones? Thank you. And Fournette is a pretty powerful one too. Yeah, but all I, I'm saying I, is they're dangerous. I, I agree, but I, I think that I think Aaron the, Jones is better than Ronald Jones. Yes, but I think Fournette is better than uh, yeah, but Williams I, I think and or the, I think the amount that Aaron Jones is better makes that inconsequential. It, it what at I, least what I'm saying is field. It, with the weapons that Tampa Bay has. With not only their receiving core, their their tight ends, their their two tight ends yeah. that are playing, Bronk and, uh, Bronk and uh, Bray. Yep. You know they. I think that they would much rather have this as a shootout because there is more accessible weapons on Tampa, and and I think that that Tampa doesn't have the greatest. Like they have a good run defense. Their pass defense isn't. Great. Well, their defense was great against the Saints last year, yes. last week. Excuse yeah. me, but I don't know that that's indicative of what we're really going to say. Yeah, no, it, it's not. Like, and not for nothing, Rodgers and his his weapons, I, I, they've been playing better than Brees and his. Rodgers' arm is better than than Drew Brees' arm right now. Like, not even close. It, it, I think not it always close. has been, yeah. but it, it, yes. especially right now, it's not even comparable. Yes. It's it's yes. apples to potatoes. Like, but. Yeah, completely different. Like, not are, we, even the are same we just going to gloss right? over that you said apples and potatoes? Yeah, because it's not even apples and oranges. Like, it's com- right. completely different. What I'm saying is, is if Tom Brady want want or Tom Brady, if Bruce Arians wants to keep this game anywhere near winnable, he needs to be able to offensively score. He has okay. to score. Okay, Green Bay can win this in a low-scoring game. We're all gonna they talk need about is Green Bay in a minute. We're gonna talk about Green Bay in a minute. Okay, got it. we're focused on Tampa. Now, let's move it over to Green Bay. What does Green Bay have to do to win this game? Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, Aaron I think, Jones, I think, Aaron Jones. And then est- they need to establish the run. They actually have to go a little bit old school because yes. it, it used yes. to be establish the run to set up the pass. Lately, it's been establish the pass to set, to up, set up the, the run. run. Yeah, I think I think Green Bay will. I don't know that they'll do this, 
But if they were to establish the run, pounding that ball down Tampa Bay's throat, they are going to open up, like you said, the play-action pass, deep balls to Lazard, Devontae Adams all over the map. Now, I don't know that they're going to do that. They haven't really done that all season. They have done the throw throw on first down, second down, whatever, throw in the snow, doesn't matter, throw, 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 and then late in the game, Aaron Jones comes in and and pounds it down their throat to a tired mm-hmm. defense. I think I think there are more paths to victory for the Packers yes, yes. than there are Absolutely. for the Buccaneers in that we've laid out what we feel like are the ways that Tampa Bay has to win. We're going to take a lot, lot has to has to, what they have to do to win. I think Green Bay just has to limit mistakes. They can run the ball and set up the play action, or Aaron Rodgers can do what Aaron Rodgers does, create space, create time, throw on the run, just improvise all day, get Tunyon down the field, get Devontae Adams on his slants, whatever he wants to do, just limit the mistakes and don't turn the ball over. Because we didn't say this before, I think Tampa Bay has to turn over, cause turnovers to win this game as well. Um, well, I, I mean, I think they I don't have agree to. with the three-point spread. By the way, no, no, I don't either. It but could the, be that close. I think, but I feel th- like Green Bay should be favored by more. I think the reason it is that close is because earlier this season, remember they played each other already. Yes, I, they I did. believe it was week five, week six? six, week six. This is both of these games this weekend are rematches of week six. Yeah, and Tampa Bay dominated the yes. Packers. Yeah, and they, the the Packers had everybody. It's not like anybody was really missing. Yep, yep. So, but this is not the same Packers team. No, no, it's not the same Packers team. It's it's an Aaron Rodgers who somehow is more confident. Like yes. I don't know how it happened, but he got more confident. Um, it, it, I think that it, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers is looking at Green Bay and was like, "You want to draft a quarterback in the first round? All right, let me show you something." Yeah. Yes, and he's you know, going to be the MVP because of it. Yeah, um, but I think that that's why the spread is so low is simply because of that game. Because that game, Tampa Bay looked really good. I remember that game. They did. They, they did. And, and this is without Antonio Brown. Like they looked. Oh, you were your Antonio good. Brown love. Look, Jeez. Antonio Brown completely changed this Tampa Bay team. He had one catch. Last week, one. But it doesn't matter. One. The He's simple your X factor for them winning the game. He had one catch. No, what I'm trying Get to say. Your what Antonio I'm saying. Brown nonsense. Listen, you know that I don't yeah. like Antonio Brown. Antonio, I, you know the people listen to this episode and last episode, and they're going to think you're the the head of the Antonio Brown. I'm not. Fan Look, club. I'm not. But what you Antonio, were running around that backfield, that backyard with him when he got released by the the Raiders. What I'm saying yeah. about what I'm saying about Antonio Brown that I've been trying to say about Antonio Brown is him being on that <laughs> offense changes that dynamic. We thought that it would be a hindrance. Both of us did. I remember us talking about it mm-hmm. when he signed. Could be. Could be. But he has melded into that team and given them that third deep threat. So, you know, Brady clearly likes having yeah. Antonio Brown yes. on his clearly. And when you put him and, with, and that's with, all you need. And when you put him with Godwin and Evans, like this, you know, Antonio Brown is your third wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. on paper, that's really, yeah. really good. So he made this team better than than they were mm-hmm. when when the Packer mm-hmm. team was better. I think that that's why the spread. Is like it okay. Is. Now I agree with you. I think it should be bigger in the Packers' favor, 
but I, I, I'm just trying to give a little insight into it. That's all. I, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Second game. The AFC Championship game. It's the game that I've been waiting for for weeks. Well, we, we said, uh, I don't know, eight, ten weeks ago that it seemed like the Steelers were on a collision course with the Chiefs. And we mentioned just a few weeks ago, yeah. right at the end of the season, that that changed. And now it seemed like the Bills well, I were think on a collision Josh course. Allen heard, Josh Allen listened. Yes. And he said, you know Friend what, Friend of the guys? show, I believe. Yeah, of course. And he, he said, silent you know what, guys? Friend. He's a silent friend. Well, yeah. Josh and, and, to Josh. He liked that I put him as number one on the top to bottom at the end of the season. He liked that. Well, I think he liked oh. that I put him in number two in the MVP race. Yeah, so then he fell off, and then he came back, and then yeah, he fell yeah. off, and then he came back. Uh, we got the Bills and the Chiefs in Kansas City. It's the late game, 640. Uh, the first game, by the way, is on Fox, the NFC game. The uh, AFC game is on CBS. Which one's on Nickelodeon? God, uh, I they should have kept that going through the playoffs. There's not. There, I, I still think there's a chance they should do the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon. Oh, I really do. Absolutely. I really do. I, I think we're going to start with the keys for the Chiefs on this game. We're going to flip the script. Uh, as of right now, the spread is three points Same as well to the Chiefs. Yep. It started at two and a half. And slid to three. Uh, I think the the key to the Chiefs winning is 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 three words. Is Mahomes playing? If Mahomes is playing and is a hundred percent, no restrictions. I, I I think it's it's just like the other game. They have a ton of paths to winning this game. If he's not, if he's hindered or not playing at all, and they have quite a few less. I think with with all players healthy, uh, assuming that Mahomes plays, I think that this is a closer game than Packers box. Everybody at a hundred percent. Yes. Okay. I, then let's I, talk about the Bills, because that is where we okay. seem to have slightly different opinions coming into this game. What what are the keys to the Bills winning this game? Uh, Stefan Diggs. I think it's it's you have to give a healthy dose to Stefan Diggs. Make it so that it's a foot race. If it's it a has foot, to be. It has, it has to has be a foot be race. Out because the Buffalo Bills do not have a running game. You're right. Outside well, Josh Allen, no. but he's not that's not a running game. I know. That's what I was about to say. They don't have a running game. Right. Period. So they have to win in this shootout. Yes. yes. And the Chiefs get the benefit of the doubt in this league, fully healthy. They get the benefit of the doubt with every team in the league when it comes to a shootout. I'm not saying it's a huge gap, but if you tell me yes. the Chiefs or the field, I'm taking the Chiefs in a shootout. Yes, but I'm still taking that the Buffalo Bills defense is is steps ahead of the KC defense. I just I don't know that you're right. Defense. I don't know if it's so. If the Bills have a better defense, which I'm going to say it's at least close, but if the Bills have a better defense, I think the Chiefs' offense is more betterer than the 
the Bills' defense is. Does that make sense? I, I, I the Chiefs don't. have a the, the gap between the Chiefs' offense and the Bills' offense is greater than the gap of the Bills' defense and the Chiefs' defense. Okay, so the only thing and that there's I one see, name that makes me that Travis Kelsey. No, Travis Kelsey is the name that no. I think of that makes the defense. The I'm talking uh, about defense, the Honey Badger. He is the X factor on that defense. I'm sorry, but he is, and, and he is. All over the field, he lays lumber every game. He's a ball hawk all the time. And I was watching that game last week going, 32 again, 32 again, 32 again. He was everywhere, and he always is. He's the yeah. X factor on that defense. Well, he's he's definitely the best player on that defense. I think it's either him or D Ford. I don't even think that it's it's an argument as, as far as but it, it, it's are. in that order. It's but just I, in that right. order. But I I just. I think that the Buffalo defense is, is it's good. I, it's good. It's, it's not it's, dominant. It's not dominant. Neither is the Chiefs dominant, though. I'm not saying the Chiefs has a dominant defense either. Traditionally speaking, the Chiefs have had a bad defense the past few years. Their right. defense is better this year, and it's because Matthew is playing out of his mind. Okay. Okay. I, I, I mean, and I, I can't, think I can't argue to your with point. That. D Ford is going to make a noise in the backfield, which means Josh Allen is going to be running or at least scrambling around in the backfield. But, see, I and think, I think Matthew is going to shade towards Diggs. I think first off, I think that that Diggs is going to be able to beat Matthew. Like I, I'm sorry, I think Diggs this year is just he's playing on a whole nother level. And I, that's fair. And I think that that. But Josh Matthew's Allen, but but Matthew's a safety, so he's not going to be lined no, up. No, but that's what I'm one. saying. Like he's going to be over the top. Saying that he's going to shade over to Diggs, I, I don't think that's going to matter. Is what I'm saying. Oh, I I couldn't disagree with you more. I, I don't he's going to be double matter. double covered everywhere he goes. I, I don't it'll be man it, underneath with with Matthew over the top. I, I I just I don't I don't I don't think that it'll matter. I, it's personally I just I don't think that as far as Diggs goes, it might matter. That's when how you have to stop Diggs. I think it's going to open up the for other wide receivers. The Cole other Beasley, receivers, John Brown, Brown, Cole yeah, Beasley, yeah. and Cole Beasley has been underrated. Yeah. In no, his absolutely, career absolutely. And this season, yes, yes. He has been banged up the past few weeks. He has been the safety blanket. On third down for yes. Josh Allen. What I think the biggest difference between these two teams is, and I said the name before thinking that that's the name that you were going to say. Travis Kelsey. Ke Travis Kelsey. Yep. Like, Travis Kelsey might be the best weapon in the NFL. Yes. Well, they're they're naturally going to do the same thing that I just said the Chiefs are going to do with Diggs, and they're going to shade the double coverage over the top of Hill. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're going to have to do that because so, the one thing you can't do is let Hill beat you. If Hill beats you over the top, you don't have a chance. Yeah. You can yeah. afford Agreed. a couple Agreed. of decent plays to Diggs. You can't afford it to Hill. Hill will smoke you over and over again. And I think, much to your point, if they shade over to Hill, they're going to put Kelsey on the other side well, and or that, next to him, crossing her over, that's, and it's going to be over. That's the big one that I was going to say is, is if if they if they have to double Hill, which they do, all yes. right, there's there's no denying it. You have to put the double on Hill. It's going to leave tra Travis Kelsey, who is the most unguardable player in the yes. NFL, yes, to do whatever he wants. And that, that and the thing is, the Buffalo linebackers, they're good. They're really good. But nobody's that good. You can't guard Kelsey. Nobody is that good. It's, there's very few players that we've seen that have been like this. Like Gronk in his prime was was like this. 
And I gotta tell you, he might. He's probably better. Yeah. Okay. He's thank probably you. better. <laughs> thank you. Like I'm. I'm not trying to. Like he's. Pro- <laughs> Gronk was so Gronk. good because of his size. Yes. Kelsey has the size, and, and he's faster. Way better athlete. It, 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 it's. It's. It, it. Travis Kelsey is just. He's a beast. So I think that that's gonna be the difference maker is how they yep. deal with that Hill Kelsey dynamic. Um, Buffalo has to stop it. Like they just. Yes. They do. But if they can't, which they probably can't, they're then it's, going then to they have, have to, to win turn a this into a shootout. Or Josh Allen, who who I think is a better quarterback when he scrambles yes. than he is when he stands in the pocket. This year he has been. Yes. He's going to have to have the game of his life. Yep. And and throw for, you know, three, 400 yards, rush for 100, 150. Yeah. And, and take this Buffalo team and drag them to the finish line. They have to do. And so bear with me for a second here. I recently rewatched Miracle, the movie, okay. the Disney movie about, yeah, 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 about the, the 1980 U.S. Yep. hockey team. And what that team did to the Soviets was they took their game and shoved it back in their face. They played their style and and went at them. Instead of trying to yes. defend them, they yes. were offense. It was and, essentially playing with house money. We we have nothing yeah. to lose. You have everything. Exactly. To lose. Exactly. But but they 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 ran, you know. And this is the same thing with with bullies. Bullies are used to everybody being scared. The moment you step forward at them, they back off. Uh, don't don't stop it. You stop with that <laughs> that stupid face you're making. You, you, when when someone steps towards you, you, you go, yes. oh yes, no, no, it's it's a different. So the Chiefs have been the big boys on the block, running all over the field, mm-hmm. speed kills, running up the score, shootouts. You can't stay with them. the Bills. Have to. Put the pedal to the metal. I think you, you what they need to do if they win the toss, take the ball and and go down and score. Show them that you're well, here for a shootout and let's go. Well, the best way and to look force at it them is, into turnovers and and make them press by putting them under pressure early. So I, I look at the Chiefs and, and whatever happened in that last game of the season happened. They're fourteen and one this season. They finished fourteen. Uh, and nobody one. played in that last game. Right, that's what I'm saying. The one game that they lost. Was against the Raiders. was against the Raiders, and Vegas said, "You know what? We're going to yes. throw the ball deep to, to Henry yes. Ruggs. We're going to make you chase us. Yep. We're going to just go faster than you, harder than you, longer than you. We're just going to." And it worked. And it worked. And and we've said all season that that the Chiefs have not had to put their foot on the gas yet. They they still haven't. I don't think all season long. Last week a little bit, but I still don't think that they ever really thought once Pat, until Patrick Mahomes got hurt that they were in any danger yeah. at all. Yeah. This game, if they step on the gas and and Buffalo hesitates for a second, it's over. It's over. So I want to point out that that game against the Raiders, and this is why the two situations are different. So, by the way, this whole conversation is under the assumption that Patrick Mahomes yeah, is yeah, healthy. Yeah. If he's not, we have a whole other monster in our mm-hmm. in our in our hands. Uh, that game against the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken, that was Week Five. Yes, early in the season, 
right before the the Chiefs beat the Bills. By the way, and that's the other point about these these two games. Both games were week six. The the play the teams playing this weekend are rematches of week six, and the team that is the 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 under so the cheat the way team won both those games didn't didn't the same anomaly happen last year where the the two teams remember. that played in the AFC, the uh, the championship games were rematches the same of the same week yeah. i think you might be right but i don't know if that anyway back to the raiders so it was week 5 early much less on the line mm-hmm. the chiefs they they thought they could turn it on they didn't make it they lost that game by one score yep. 40 to 32 mm-hmm. So that's something to be noted. This is for all the marbles so far. This is the biggest game of the season so far. I, I feel like the Chiefs know what it's like to be here. Yes. The Bills don't. No, not at all. There's a pedigree, and it's mind-boggling to say that about the Chiefs, considering they just won their first Super Bowl like, mm-hmm. in, in 40 years or whatever it's been. Yep. And and the But the Bills, they haven't been here in since 1993 yeah and the chiefs have been here three straight years hosting this game by the way shout First. out to andy reed the only coach ever to host three home conference championship games in a row and he's done it twice now he did it with yep. the eagles yep. and now he's done it with the chiefs so the chiefs know what it's like what it takes God, to be here is is andy reed somehow underrated you know that that we I always say that there are three ways to rate something overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Yes. Andy Reid is known as one of the greatest coaches of our time, possibly all time, and I still think he's underrated. Though right now he's being appreciated yes. for oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 it's getting closer to prop properly rated over yeah. the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh I th- I think the paths, like I said, with Patrick Mahomes healthy and everybody up and up and running, uh there's a lot more paths to victory for the Chiefs and it is the Bills, but you're right. The Bills have to take it to them, and they have to they have to get into a shootout. That's why I think if the Bills win the uh, the toss again, if everybody's healthy, you take the ball and you and you chuck throw it, it chuck it, and yep. you go. Yep. You hit the ground at a dead sprint. Forget handing the ball. Don't even bother. They didn't hand the ball off for like the whole first half in that game against Baltimore. Yeah. Go. Go with it. Run that and 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 run that offense the way you know you can. Get Diggs involved early and often. Man, it's crazy. You have to get him involved. It's crazy to think that the worst quarterback remaining in the playoffs is either Tom Brady or Josh Allen. <sighs> it's Tom Brady. And right. Playing this year. Right. Playing this year. Oh, this year it's definitely Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Yeah. Like. That's that's you crazy have to think about. You have one, two, and three in the MVP race. Yep. Yeah. And Brady. Not more. And and five. One, two, three, and maybe Is five. He, five or six, whatever yeah. he was. It's it's pretty impressive. Like I said, we are not going to pick the winners of this game here on the air. We're going to pick it live on the gram. We're going to go live right around 2.30. We will post to remind everybody so you can catch us uh, on that uh, when we do that. Uh, It's going to come on Sunday, and that's when we'll pick the game. So what does that mean? That means we're all set here. We're all done with episode 43 of the Fist Bump Boys. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Like I said, we're going to be on Instagram Live. Check us out on all the social medias. On all of them, our handle is at the Fist Bump Boys. Check us out on our website. We got articles, pictures, all kinds of fun stuff, and more fun stuff to come. www.thefistbumpboys.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy championship weekend. Come check us out on that Instagram live video. See who we're going to pick. See who we're going to predict to win these games. And we will catch you next week with our Super Bowl preview. we got two weeks we're going to be previewing the Super Bowl. Two straight episodes. Next time on The Fist Bump Boys. 